Like, I even just feel like in general, we need to like start looking at anxiety differently. And I don't think it's a thing where it's like people either have anxiety or they don't. Like, I kind of see it as like a spectrum where it's like there's times when the anxiety might be lower and there's times when it might be very high. Maybe people might suffer from, suffer from anxiety to higher levels than other people. So in general, they're a lot more anxious than, than, than the, like, the average person is. That's probably definitely true. But I think definitely yeah, everyone, yeah. like everyone suffers mm. from anxiety. Like I think I remember what book I was reading that was talking about athletes. And it was like, mm. even like all these men like Tiger Woods and all these like very great athletes in their different sports, all of them have that level of fear or anxiety when they're going out, even when they're showing Back to the Ace and Joker podcast, a weekly podcast where we discuss success by utilizing the cards we've been dealt. Brother Joe, another week, another episode. And on this week of the Ace and Joker podcast, I think it'll be great for us to talk about just the, the part that confidence plays in trying to be successful. Like, mm. I think it can definitely be a very interesting conversation. I think it's definitely a fundamental, but yeah, just to kick it off though, like, what does self confidence actually look like to you? Like Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch that documentary, you know. Because, yeah, man, I think I think confidence is just something that you have to have, man. Like, I think, right, um, with confidence, right, you can doubt yourself mm. all the way. Yeah, but nobody else needs to feel that doubt. <laughs> mm. You need to be able to exude confidence. So, yeah, man, I think confidence, for me, the way it looks like is just... Like, even though sometimes you're doubtful, you're still hopeful um, mm. that the outcome that you want is going to come. So okay. that, is, <laughs> that is that is confidence because um, moments are getting to you, but yeah, you're, you're, you know somehow you're going to persevere. Mm. No, I like that. I think that's a very good way, very nice way to put it. Like, mm. my initial thing when I was thinking about how I would describe confidence, I feel like confidence is like being more like you were as a kid you know mm. and why i say that is because i feel like kids are the most jobless people but these lot still just enjoy life they just go mm. they do what they want to do they don't really at a certain age anyway they don't really mm. care what other people are thinking what other people what like what society is telling them they have to act like or do that's they just do what they want and they're mm. happy with that and i feel mm. like as you get older you start to lose that as you start caring more about what other people think about you and what society says is okay and not okay. Mm. You start to overthink things and then you start to doubt yourself. And then sometimes I think part of being confident is just going back to that stage in your life where you were just comfortable just doing, like believing in yourself and just doing what you enjoyed and what other people thought about you wasn't the main thing. Like, like oh, it didn't play mm. as, as big a factor as it probably does play as you start to get older. I agree. I agree. Yeah. With that um, child thing as well. Yeah. It's very interesting because with a child it's just it's the it's the lack of just knowing you mm. know the reason why i think why wisdom is is a thing when you get older is because you can you can actually use that that inherent ability as a, a human to foresee you know how things can play out and you can play out several different things in your head but as a child you can't really do that you know no, you can't really true. foresee all of that so that's why you just live more in the moment so I think that child aspect comes with living more in the moment and understanding that there is no future. <laughs> there is no, you know, 
things are going to go bad. It's just what you can do now in the moment. So with confidence, it's more of, you know, okay, this isn't really going my way, but you know, like, what can I do? What can I, how can I hustle? What can I, you know, what can I make happen right now? And I think that's, that is more of the, like I mentioned earlier, when you are doubting yourself, yes, you can doubt yourself. That's perfectly fine. That's perfectly okay. But then also in that same moment or, you know, later on, but not to, not a week or two after, you know, you're, you're thinking, okay, how can I, how can I turn this to my advantage? How can I get better? No, I like that. I think one of my things I always try to think about when I think of confidence, I always think of the whole concept of investing more in what you think about yourself. And I think that is so key when it comes to confidence. Cause I feel like, yeah, yeah, like if you're worrying too much about what other people think, I think it's just, it starts to hold you back. And I think that's where you start getting those, you know, set, like signs of like anxiety and you're overthinking and mm. you're thinking, oh, if I say this, how is that person going to interpret it? What's going to happen next? And I feel like, yeah, that's just mm. not the best way to be. I feel like it's so much better when you know what you want and what you think about yourself is the most important aspect. Like mm. that's the most important like factor, like in your life. Like I think I was reading something, I can't remember what the stat was. I think it was something like 90% of people aren't living the life they want to be living. And I think when I saw that, it kind of just also made you think of like, it also just shows why it's also, I think pointless to think too much or worry too much about what other people think about you or what you're doing. Cause it's like, you're not even living the life you want most likely. So like, I might as well at least believe in myself and do what I think is right and then like navigate life that way rather than trying to navigate life trying to please you. Like like it doesn't actually make sense when I when I think about it like that. Like so that's just something I've been thinking about recently that I think definitely is a big part of yeah, what just being a confident person looks like. It's just yeah, someone mm. who cares more about what they think about themselves than what other people think about them. Mm. No, I agree, man. But it's it's definitely hard, man. Because no, it is. Yeah, I think I think um because we're such like social people, social mm. creatures, we obviously rely on what kind of how we're perceived by others. Mm. So, like that kind of does have a value, you know. Cause I always see on Insta, oh yeah, don't oh yeah, don't give don't care what other people are saying mm. or whatever. Yeah, I get that. I completely agree. But mm. it's definitely it definitely plays a part in what you think of yourself and and how you you know grow as a, as a person yeah i think that's a very good point i think that's also why i was very careful to say more so you think you invest mm. more in what you think about yourself than what people think about mm. you because i also mm. think it's not that you shouldn't care at all <laughs> what people think about you like i think in this world too especially with like social media and everything we've also seen that can be worse than even the criminal justice system like, even if they say that you're innocent, if the majority of people all think that you're guilty of said crime, then you're still finished. <laughs> you know Whether you go mm. to jail or you don't go to jail, you're still finished. So I think that's also why mm. what people think about you is a factor. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? You also have to think about that as well. It's not that, it's not that, oh yeah, it just doesn't matter. Like, it's only what I think about it. I know I'm innocent. Like, yeah, it's, it's good that, that you know you're innocent. <laughs> like, it's great. <laughs> but, mm. like, you're still not getting hired. <laughs> so, like, yeah. so I think, that it, like, what you said is very true. That is definitely is true that you also have to, yeah. So, it's getting that mm. balance, I think, is is the hardest thing. But it's the thing that you have to try and do. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think, I think even with socials, man, I think people are like, uh, like, um, people are getting cancelled and whatnot. And people think it's just a thing now. Mm. No. Like the public opinion thing has been a thing. <laughs> like that's why public opinion mm. is so important. You understand? Because like yeah. people have been, even in villages, people are being ostracized and mm. disowned and, you know, out of their communities. So it's always been it's a true, thing. Bro. 
It's true. I remember the I remember the Salem witch hunt. Oh yeah. Where it's like, yeah, yeah you, you convince the majority that yep, this person's a witch, and just like that, your life is over. Whether you do whether you know you're not a witch or not, <laughs> your life is still over. Your life is over, fam. So, so yeah, man. But obviously, yeah. But obviously going going on with um self sabotage because mm. I believe that that is um okay, I believe yeah, when 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 you're like when you have some self confidence and then you know, you have that uh, moment of uh, doubt, that's when you can start to self-sabotage. You know, mm, just, yeah. Okay. Like, it happens to everyone. It, even happen- it happened to me not too long ago, like maybe last week. I was self-sabotaging. Okay. Yeah. And I think... um, Can you, can you like, it doesn't have to be, mm. like, you specifically. It can just be examples. Because mm. I'm trying to think of situations where I self-sabotage, but it's hard to. Mm. I mean, maybe it's just because I'm not thinking of the right examples. It's like, what examples mm. do you think are, like, yeah, it shows that, yeah, this is someone who's self-sabotaging. Like, can you think of any? Okay, first of all, I don't think it's, like, um, how do I, because the way you just said it now, it's like, um, oh, like, you're doing something bad. Do you understand? Mm. Like, it is bad if you do it all the time and if you never get anything done because you're constantly self-sabotaging, yes. Okay. But sometimes I get why people would do it. For example, with me, mm. I, I don't mind talking about myself. Like, for me, if I have work I need to get, I need to do, right? Mm. Procrastination might come in. Okay. Or for example, if I need to, to start my day with a certain level of energy, I might purposefully, like I know I should go to sleep at this time, right? Mm. Maybe I'm watching something and it's really sweet. <laughs> it's really amazing. It's really good. I'm really in it. Bro, if I, was, if I wasn't trying to self-sabotage and I was really trying to set myself up for a better day for the next day, I would turn it off and I will, you know, get on with what I need to do. Okay. But I would still self-sabotage and I'll just say, you know what, I'm a I'ma just take it. Just firm it. Just firm the trouble I put myself in for the next day. Okay. So I think I think self-sabotage can can come in so many different forms, man. Like it's interesting because I'll be talking to people and they'll be like, oh I'm trying to get I'm trying to get this thing done. And then within their journey of trying to get that thing done, I would hear them explaining how like tracking their progress. Right? I'm not really like writing it down or anything. I don't really care. But <laughs> I would hear certain things, right? <laughs> and I'd be like, rah, this person just self-sabotaged. But okay. I don't know if they know that. Maybe they do know it. I have no idea. But they definitely just self-sabotaged. And yeah, <laughs> they definitely just self-sabotaged. And like I noticed it. And mm. maybe I don't like I think they notice it as well, but they then use, which I do as well, they will then use excuses to justify okay. the self-sabotaging. Okay. I, I think that's the hardest bit of it, you know. I yeah. think that's definitely the hardest yeah. bit of it. Cause I think you could always, like a lot of times you can justify why you've done things. I think that's also why mm. when I first, when you first said it, I was thinking, do, like, mm. do I self-sabotage? I don't think so. Mm. But yeah, like the two examples mm. you said, like procrastination and mm. not going to bed on time is definitely two things mm. that I do. So that definitely is <laughs> yeah. forms of self-sabotaging. Yeah. But, like yeah. I was struggling to think of that because yeah I don't okay. I didn't see it as self sabotaging mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yes yeah, so I think it's also interesting to you how even sometimes you can make choices that you think are definitely the right ones but someone else with a bit more perspective can be like yeah you know you're self sabotaging right like you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know you're actively working against yourself I did <laughs> like but in the moment you don't personally feel like that's what you're doing like yeah mm. that's that's quite interesting still yeah man because that that's why with some you see some quotes when they say. Sometimes the person in your way is yourself. Mm. <laughs> the person in your way is yourself. Yeah. Because, yeah, 
Like you can, that's why I said that's when it becomes a problem because I wouldn't say that the only times I sell sabotage is, oh, going to bed late or when I have to do something, can I procrastinate? No, there's probably a lot more times that I sell sabotage. But with those two situations, I also think that sometimes self-sabotaging isn't necessarily a bad thing because like I can't be a robot and mm. the more I am a robot, right, the the closer I am to probably just snapping. <laughs> Do you yeah, understand? No, like, so just it's, it's completely losing it. It's, yeah, a, it's a very good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because honestly, you can't be, oh yeah, 12, I need, no, 10, I need yeah. to go to bed. Then yeah. 10, lights off, everything. You yeah. got, like, I'm sure there's people like that in this life, but mm. yeah, man, it's just, it's just different source. Bro, to just say for me, I wouldn't be happy living like that completely. Mm. All the time. <laughs> like, this, I think there's also why I say like sometimes too, like I, I'm such a big believer of like routine. And I think routine mm. is so key. Like even mm. in terms of all this success stuff, in terms of having a good routine, but we'll touch that in the next section more. But mm. like even with that, I also want to have some flexibility in my life, man. Like I also just can't be China, as you said, like 11 on the dot. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm shutting mm. everything down. Mm. <laughs> I'm jumping in bed. Like mm. I also need to, my life can't be that regimented, man. Like mm. I just wouldn't be happy living like that. So I do mm. think, yeah, I agree with you that there are some situations where like, yes, it's self-sabotaging, but it's needed for your own mental health like to mm. continue cut like because even like recently i think that it's like i think i've realized that there's certain days of the week that I'm, like i get very tired on those days so i think i've realized i need to actually clear the evening on those days mm. and relax because that's what will help me like like do better the next day if i don't do mm. that then i'll just eventually burn out during the week anyway yeah I, and, yeah. and i won't be as productive anyway so i think even yeah. though on the pay on pay on the surface it might be like oh yeah it's self-sabotaging why are you just chilling that evening when you could be doing stuff but it's like i mm. need to do this so mm. <laughs> i don't self-sabotage even more <laughs> down mm. the line mm. i agree like um i read um kobe's one of kobe's books i'm probably just the owner i think it's called the mamba mentality okay and when i read it i was like oh yeah so this is how you have to approach life and in one one in that book it said it had a really nice quote it said greatness isn't for everybody and mm. there's people that are willing to sacrifice everything for greatness why why i mention that is because i wish obviously he's he's late god rest his soul but yeah like i wish there was like those people who are who do sacrifice everything i want to just spend a day with them because mm. like i'm not saying that they're capping or mm. or anything like that i have no idea do you understand mm. but obviously like i'm being open and honest here but i can also mm. say oh yeah i do this i do that Right. Mm. I would love to just spend a day with them or maybe yeah. two or something just to see, like, are they as on point as they claim? Mm. You know, is it because I, I genuinely do think it's a human flaw to just be, you know, to just not be, you know, as regimented as possible. I think it's a human flaw. I don't think it's very possible. You know what it is, though? Like, I hear you, but I think my thing to those situations, I always see as like, a, I think those situations are a lot harder when you also don't really want to be doing what you're doing. Like, why I say that is, for example, even these men that are very on point, like the Michael Jordans or the Kobe's, like, I feel like they would probably want to be in the training thing, shooting freeze, like they'd rather, they'd probably be a lot happier doing that than chilling at mm. home watching Netflix. Like, so what, I try, mm. what I'm saying is that like, uh, to someone who doesn't love something to that level or like they don't have such big ambitions to be the greatest to the level that they do, 
Like mm-hmm. it's hard to put yourself in the like to understand their mentality because I think to them it's like I would rather be doing this. And that's not like to you it might be like it's a mad thing. It's on. Un- I'm not. This is not what you're saying, by the way. But like people mm-hmm. might be thinking, oh yeah, like it's unrealistic for you to really be this on point. But it's like like I'm this on point because I want like I want to be this on point. Like I would be yeah. even mm-hmm. more depressed not being this on point. Mm-hmm. Is my fault. I hear. I hear that. But okay, so it's not to say what. What my point is is not to say okay, um, that these men you know, rather watch Netflix because mm. like, that's what I'm saying completely, right? But what I'm saying is, like, there's people also, obviously, I'm using, I'm talking about basketball now, so I might as well just mm. use basketball as my reference, but there's people in the NBA as well, right, who are not as good, right? And mm. they love the sport just as much, right? Mm. Or they haven't put as much time. But mm. what my point is, it's not to say, oh, yeah, like, them men aren't putting in the work or whatever, but it's to say, like, are these men, when it's 12, because when I was reading his book, he was going through like his schedule. So like his schedule would be like, he'll go to bed, he'll wake up at four. What time would he sleep? He'll go to sleep at like 11. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so he'll go to sleep at, so yeah, so he wakes up at like four or something, trains till like six, um, and then comes home, eats, and then takes his children to school. And then he'll then go for team training then he'll have like an hour break, train again from like 10 to, to 12 or something. Then, uh, no, that it will be a different training. So he'll go to the, the gym or something. So it won't be basketball. Then he'll come back, spend some time with his kids, maybe have like a little rest and then go back into the, to the gym again for like one, one more training session. So you have like three, three to four training sessions in one day. And then he will probably go in for like recovery or something. And then that's when he'll just end his day and go to bed. So I was thinking, is it like, I'm sure he does that, but like, how would he fit in like the times that we're just talking about where, you know, uh, the downtimes and that, does he care for that or, or did he care for that or other people who are that goal orientated, do they care for that kind of thing? Or is it just, you know, nah, goal constantly? Yeah, no, it's just interesting. Like, I think as you said, it was very interesting to like spend time with these people. But like that's, I think that's even why for me personally, like what helps my confidence is also knowing that there's no one that I really look at and I envy because mm. I, I don't look at these kind of people and say, Oh, I wish I was because I don't know if I would even want to live life like that. Mm. <laughs> so mm. I mean, a lot of people that I think that's, that's also a big part of what affects people's confidence is comparison and looking at other people. But I always look at people and say, I don't know what that person is going through. It doesn't matter how much money they mm. have, how much it looks like they're living their dream. I don't know if me living their life, I would be happy doing that, which is why I'm happy living my life. <laughs> and I think that also helps me build my confidence and just be confident mm. who I am. Yeah, that's a very good point. I don't think of that. Um, okay, so bro, um, obviously we spoke about self-sabotage, self, self-confidence, self what that is, self-belief. So what are the things that you know you could do to build confidence or that you do yourself that helps you build confidence okay now i think it's a good question um for me i say probably the first thing is like knowledge and application and like what i mean by that is like i also feel like sometimes too when you know that you've learned as much as you could anyway in the time that you have wherever like you you've you've prepared i think that also does really help with your confidence when it comes to actually now applying it because you know that you've done the background work that you needed to do so i think a big thing for me is also going from, from school times is going into exams knowing that I have done every question that I've seen and <laughs> all the past papers and now when I see something I'm a little more confident that I can deal with it because I've seen 
a variation of this in the past. And I think that kind of translates over into like even like working and stuff. It's like, okay, cool. I know I have this presentation. I'm going to prepare as much as I can. I'm going to think about the questions they're going to ask me so I, I can I can respond to it. And I think going into it, that also helps me again feel a lot more confident in those situations. Like, so I think, but if I was going into things just blind and just freestyling, I think, yeah, I think that's when the anxiety probably <laughs> kick in a lot more because I'll be a lot more scared of the unknown. Whereas I feel like, yeah, when you actually apply yourself and you try to learn as much as you can, and I think that definitely goes a long way in helping you feel confident in the things that you're doing. But yeah, that's mm. like one of my main ways. Mm. Even to, to go off what you just said, because um, yeah, I think with me, it's like, because you mentioned, oh, that would help you with anxiety, right? So with mm. me, the anxiety is there regardless, right? Okay. So, well, yeah, I do believe in preparation to the max because like, I think if you prepare um, effectively, then, you know, like you can always, like even if you have anxiety, you can always refer back to your level of preparation. You can say, oh, no, I got this. Like I've prepared, mm. you know, I prepared, mm. you know, as much as I could possibly prepare. But yeah, for me, the, the anxiety is always there. <laughs> it never mm. goes, never dis- um uh, disappears it's just there like it's mm. constantly there uh, as soon as even while while i'm doing it it's still there i mean the only mm. thing that helps is just knowing that i've prepared and i should have this <laughs> mm. you know other than that the anxiety is still always there does does that happen to you or is it more of just something that now i prepared out it's gone i love the fact that you said that because you know is i think mm. even as a society I, again i don't know what science is about this is this is mass science this is like aces science in it like if it's wrong <laughs> whatever but like i even just feel like in general we need to like start looking at anxiety differently and i don't think it's a thing where it's like people either have anxiety or they don't like i kind of see it as like a spectrum where it's like there's times when the anxiety might be lower and there's times when it might be very high maybe people might suffer from, suffer from anxiety to higher levels than other people. So in general, they're a lot more anxious than, than the, like the average person is. That's probably definitely true. But I think definitely yeah, everyone, yeah. like everyone mm. suffers from anxiety. Like I think I remember what book I was reading that was talking about athletes. And it was like, mm. even like all these men like Tiger Woods and all these like very great athletes in their different sports, all of them have that level of fear or anxiety when they're going out, even when they've shown mm. that they're the greatest. But I think mm. it's just, yeah, like they, again, maybe they're prepared enough that they can kind of, not let it affect their performance. Yeah, man. No, I completely agree with what you just said, man. Because honestly, like with anxiety, it's more of a thing of, oh, you're not really worried. You know, you just try to ignore it. You try like block it out and say, no, this isn't really happening. Or, you know, you just try and lie to yourself. But I think acknowledging the anxiety as well can help in the yeah. situation. Because if you acknowledge it, it can calm you down and you can know, okay, what is the the best move or how to stay calm you can even just compose yourself a lot more so no i definitely think that's very true man i know i think that even another thing i saw that can also help in terms of building the confidence and linking onto the anxiety thing is also just realizing that like you are your first point of contact mm. like you like how you choose to interpret your thoughts how you choose to talk to yourself is very important mm. so i think it's also very key to also make sure that you're also being kind to yourself like you're you're being a good coach to yourself is what i'd say Cause I feel like if you were coaching yeah. someone else, you wouldn't be telling that person, "Hey, man," that you wouldn't be just, you wouldn't be talking down on them and saying and just trying to put them down. I, I, I'd hope mm. anyway, you know. You never know people, <laughs> but I hope. Mm. <laughs> but like, so from that point of view, I think definitely just speak to yourself kinder. That's not like just not being too harsh on yourself, as we said, acknowledging that it's something that everyone suffers from. Like people can try and pretend that oh yeah, they're the most confident. I remember even in like in school, people would look at me and be like, oh like. 
Red, like you're so calm. Like, Red, like, are you that confident about the exam or what we're doing? And I'm like, bro, I'm not that calm. I just don't, I'm just not showing it. <laughs> the sun. And I think mm, that happens mm. a lot where people don't show it. So you assume that it's only you that's happening to you. But I think when you understand that it happens to everyone, like no matter how successful or what they've achieved in life, it still happens. I think it makes it a lot more, mm. like you're let less, you're a lot less harsh on yourself and you understand that this yeah. is just life in it. And yeah, like I think that's key. Yeah, man, I think navigating that as well is a big part of self-confidence because obviously, you know, I think once anxiety comes into play, it can be telling you to do so many different things. Yeah. But if you can just compose yourself, then yeah, it could help build your self-confidence from that moment. But yeah, but in terms of um, ways that you can build your self-confidence, I mm. don't really have a lot of ways because I think, I think, the best, the best um, remedy that I've heard is fake it till you make it. Okay. <laughs> That's the best one I've ever heard. Fake it till you make it. Everyone's faking it. You need to fake it till you make it too. Because honestly, it helps, man. Because mm. sometimes I think you need to, you need to almost create like, obviously, I think it can get dangerous what I'm about to say, but I think you almost need to create like a, um, like a, like a fantasy experience mm. for yourself mm. where, you know, you believe so much, <laughs> like, oh, it's going to happen. This is going to happen. Obviously, like I said, like, it can definitely cause some <laughs> issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, but like how, um, like, for example, okay, this might be a bit controversial, but, you know, in terms of, like, religion, right? Okay. It's technically a belief story, you know, like, mm. like technically. Obviously, I believe and why I believe in, but technically it's there to, you know, make you believe in something higher than yourself. You know, the stories, all of that, exactly, etc. The way you're supposed to live your life, etc. So I think, like having that kind of belief in something in in yourself can help. Mm. You know, creating mm. that kind of that kind of um, you know idea about yourself can also improve your self-confidence because you believe in it so much you know you have so much hope in it so uh, yeah i think that's a way that you can build your self-confidence faking it till you make it yeah fam even to even add on to what you were just saying now i think not even in terms of even yourself i think even even just believing in faith in general can also help because <laughs> it's not like i think also believing that there is our power and what is meant for you will be i think that can also mm. help give you the comfort that and you will be successful in the things that you're trying to be if it's meant for you anyway mm. does that make sense yeah. i mean that also can be what can help you build self-confidence like so i definitely agree with that i feel like another big one for me because even where i see like anxiety and confidence like i also kind of do see them too as like opposite ends of the spectrum like i don't let me know mm. what you think about this because i feel like when i think of anxiety i feel like anxiety is when you're so consumed with like yourself that you're thinking mm. so much about, like you're in your own head a lot, basically. So you're thinking about how things mm -hmm. go wrong, why you're not good enough. Da, 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 da. So it's like it's it's all to do with you. And I feel like when I think of confident people, I feel like there's people that are like they look like they look more outside, <laughs> or like it seems that way anyway. But it's what I'm trying to say. So it's like they have enough like space left in their brain because they're not so consumed with what they think about themselves that they can see other people. They can look at body language. They can interpret things better because they're not so in their own head. 
<laughs> Does that make any sense? So mm-hmm. I feel like a, like a good way to even just build your confidence in general is also just to just try and like, like not be in your own head too much and try to actually interpret the world that you're living and everyone around you and what you're, and just see other people. I mean, even that can also help you because you can also see when, oh, this person's nervous. This person, so you see that it's not just you. And also just remembering too, man, that everyone overall is consumed with themselves. I also think another reason why a lot of people are very, like, show a lot of, a, a lack of self-confidence anyways, because they think that other people care about them more than they actually do. <laughs> like, most people mm. aren't really checking for you or really thinking about you or even they're, they're more concerned with themselves. <laughs> so I think even when you understand that, it also helps you not put so much pressure on yourself to appeal mm. a certain way to people that probably don't even mm. care about how you come across. Mm. No, I agree, man. I agree. I think I saw something was like, um, if you go to like a shopping mall and you just start doing press-ups, yeah, mm. some people will take pictures of you, maybe one or two, but the majority of the people that are walking by will just continue to walk by and go about mm. their business. So, yeah. I think, yeah, that's just such a, like a, a statement where it's like, no one really cares. But yeah. in terms of the anxiety thing, I would say that, um, yeah, I think w- with the getting outside of your head, um, yeah, it's, it's not easy to do in the sense of, you know, like the fears are justifiable, mm. you know, and of course, like how everyone, the reason why you can do press ups in a, in a shopping mall. And no one cares. The majority of people don't care anyway. It's because everyone cares about their own problems. <laughs> you understand? Yeah. Like everyone yeah. is literally living the lived experience where they're caring about their own problems. So like your anxiety is very yours and is very like real. Mm. But I think a way that you can probably help alleviate it and build more self-confidence is just, you know, trying your best to, like you said, um, think more like, like what's going to happen is going to happen. Play a lot more with the anxiety. You know, let's say if I'm going for a job interview and my fear is not getting the job. Okay. What if I don't get the job? Okay. That's fine. So mm-hmm. now I'm going with the, the, the belief that I'm not going to get the job. Okay. So does it mean that what I'm going to do in the interview, does it matter? Of course it still matters, you know, mm-hmm. but if I now think, okay, I'm not going to get a job, then like there's no fear. I shouldn't have any fear because. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to do what I need to do. And if I don't get it, I was thinking I wasn't going to get it anyway. So I think maybe playing with your anxiety a bit more, you know, where, you know, you actually say your fear and you realize what your fear is actually about and be yeah. like, you know what? It's, it's not that deep. Like, it's going to happen either way, you know? But like I said, it's definitely not easier said than, it's easier said than done. And like your anxiety as a human is it's a very lived experience it's very yeah. yours it's very personal and it's something you just have to navigate throughout your life yeah no i think i think that's very true and like you know you're definitely mm. right and even that interview thing i think that's a good example just in terms of mm. even sometimes too man like actually understanding or thinking what is the worst that can happen <laughs> like that mm. can also sometimes help that like in terms of in your head like you might because you don't actually ask that question you just think of i don't know it's like you know, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just me, but like, you don't actually, la- sometimes yeah, I feel like I don't actually land on an answer. I just mm. go around very terrible things. But when you actually ask yourself, mm. in this specific situation, 
like what is the worst that can happen you realize oh yeah i don't mm. get a job and i have to go and apply somewhere else it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they're, yeah. they're gonna take they're gonna like bring out a belt or something <laughs> i was like beating me at interview <laughs> <laughs> like that's not gonna happen <laughs> so yeah <laughs> so obviously still yeah. not great but it's so that like, that's not to like minimize mm. anyone's like anxiety i think it definitely be yeah. very difficult as you said i think what makes it worse is the fact that it's so personal so it's it's your deepest fears like it's it's yeah. like, like it's kind of like uh it yeah, that's what makes it very hard. So it definitely is difficult for people who suffer yeah. from that. I think I think when it when I think there's some situations where I think the way you interpret what's going on can help you get through it. But I think there's also some situations where it's like this is just more deep rooted than just the way you interpret it. Like that's when I'd say mm. people should now can start looking at things like maybe therapy or speaking to people and people that can actually advise them on the best ways that they can deal with the situations when it arises to them because you might need a personal understand, toolkit that you have to utilize mm. when you're going through those situations like i feel like when it's mental we don't automatically think the same way we think about like our like physical bodies like in terms of we go to the gym mm-hmm. we work out but i think even stuff like yeah getting someone that can actually tell you specifically yeah for you like this is what you can do to help you go mm. like navigate these mm. situations i think that can be very powerful mm. so i think we never need mm. to be a lot more comfortable like to try and seek out those kind of like assistances i think yeah but in terms of just building confidence i think you know trying your best to alleviate your anxiety behind anything mm-hmm. that you know you need to build confidence for then i think would help and mm-hmm. just yeah just trying to focus on that first in any different way if you have to fake it then fake it you know if you have to just yeah do whatever <laughs> just try your best to alleviate yeah. it no, and like you, like you said, even if you have to go and talk to, you know, a um, professional that could help you, then yeah, go and do that. Yeah. And I think the last one for me, bro, is also just in mm. terms of just when you also have something that you're chasing. That's I feel like when you kind of have like a big ambition, I think that can also help in terms of building your confidence. Because I feel like even when you have like a big goal, I feel like even if at the end of the day you, you're not successful in that ultimate thing that you're trying to be successful in, I feel like the person you become in the process, you learn so much, like the different skills that you now pick up on that big goal that you're now working towards is so key, man. So I think, yeah, definitely mm. just chasing something and focusing on that can be what can help you actually start to build the confidence and the skill sets that you need to be successful in the things that you want to be successful in. Yeah. And then final words to conclude the episode. Like one of my favorite lines from the, again, it's because I'm still reading, listening to the Will Smith book. <laughs> it's still stuck in my oh, head. Okay. So that's why I keep quoting it. But I've been those, um, hmm. I, can't, I can't remember the guy's name that said it, but it was like, there's no analysis through paralysis. And I feel like that's mm. just so key. And it kind of links into everything that we're talking about today. Where it's like, you don't want to paralyze yourself by overanalyzing everything. Like you want to sometimes just mm. take the step. And it's when you push yourself past your comfort zones and you try things. That is probably the biggest way. Uh, welcome to the Ace and Joker moment. This is the part of the show where we discuss um, our Ace moment of the week. That is the hard-hitting, serious, you know, uh, interesting moment of the week. And then the Joker moment, which is the hilarious, funny, you know, light-hearted part of our week. Well, over to you, Ace. Okay, well, to set the scene a little bit, I want to get your thoughts on this, bro. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I was speaking to my cousin and we were mid-conversation and then, like, I think we got distracted. Then we came back, like, let's say, like, a couple minutes later and both of us just didn't know what we were just talking about. Oh, and we were all looking at each other like, this is so bad. 
and he said something like he's worried that this could be like early indications of something more serious down the line, like how his focus is really bad. And I was like, I feel the exact same way sometimes where I feel like mm. my focus, it just isn't good enough sometimes. So it was just, mm. it got me thinking, obviously it's something I've been thinking for the last, like this whole week. Cause even like, like a few days ago, I was listening to like a Ted talk and this guy, he was talking about like your focus and how we can improve it. And he was just essentially saying how like, our brains are distracted, which is a symptom of the actual issue, which is that mm. our brains are oversaturated, mainly due to our smartphones in terms of emails and mm. keeping up with friends and family and social media and all this stuff that it makes it really hard to focus mm-hmm. on certain things. Mm-hmm. And this starts to affect our focus mm-hmm. over the long run. Mm-hmm. So it was just like a really interesting thing that I've been kind of like, you know, you, when you start obsessing about something and then because of that, you know, YouTube and their algorithm, they know that this guy's very interested in this. On my recommendation, a podcast that one of my colleagues actually t- like, spoke to me about. But when he told me about it, this podcast was like, I think it's like a guy, he's a neurobiologist, I believe, and mm-hmm. he works at Stanford University. And it's called the Hubman Lab podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard about it. But basically, you just break down like really scientific questions and mm-hmm. he breaks it down for like the average person. So the average person can understand this, these concepts without doing the research ourselves. Oh, yeah. And he was basically just talking about this episode was about ADHD and how to how anyone can improve their focus and it's so like obviously i didn't want to watch it before because i was like two hours i'm not doing that i'm not mm-hmm. interested enough but when you're actually curious about something then now it's like i'm a lot more willing to mm-hmm. watch it mm-hmm. and i'm only like an hour in but it's so interesting bro like that's uh, that's probably my ace moment so far this week so i want to get like your initial thoughts and then we can dive into it a little bit oh okay no i mean like uh so what have you learned so far so well, i guess at the beginning the main like the beginning of the podcast he's mainly been talking about people with adhd mm-hmm. and like the factors that they or the the symptoms that they tend to portray, mm-hmm. like people with ADHD. So it was really interesting, even just learning about that. Mm-hmm. It was like things like apparently like they tend to have poor spatial awareness. So when they're organizing, let's say a pile of clothes, mm-hmm. they might organize it in a way that only makes sense to them. Mm-hmm. And then if someone takes something out of it, it really annoys them. That they come they become really emotional. Mm-hmm. about something that doesn't even make sense in the first place mm-hmm. so they really they tend, they tend to be bad about like, how they choose to organize things mm-hmm. another thing was like their time like management like they find it really hard to like conceptualize time the way other people do so mm-hmm. like they don't they're not good at like planning their day well and actually determining how long things will take them or mm-hmm. being motivated to keep up with tasks which is really interesting obviously a very common misconception about people with adhd is that they can't focus on anything mm-hmm. but it was like they tend to find it really difficult to focus on the mundane things that other people just do because, you know, studying, work. There's a lot of mm-hmm. tasks that you don't like doing, but you do it anyway because you know you need to. They find it very difficult to focus on those kind of things. But then the things mm-hmm. they're really interested in, mm-hmm. they, they hyper-focus on them. Oh, so it's not that they can't focus. It's that they find it hard to focus about like the, the mundane things they don't, really, they don't want to focus about. So that's like been the beginning of the podcast. He's kind of like setting the scene of people with ADHD. And then he's then starting to talk about the medication that like, they get prescribed and mm-hmm. the different methods that you can use, that they use to help them improve their focus. And obviously it applies to people even without ADHD because all of us have, like we might have like similar traits, like there might be certain things that maybe like you can relate to someone with ADHD mm-hmm. kind of thing and it will help you as well. So I haven't really got to that bit in terms of how the average person can improve their focus. Well, it's really interesting just learning even about people with ADHD and how all of that works and why their brain works the way it does so uh, it's definitely a great podcast and i definitely mm-hmm. say like yeah there's obviously that one may, might not interest people but there's loads of different topics and like the next one i want to watch i saw was just about dopamine because mm-hmm. even that something interesting i've learned actually was um 
I've always known that dopamine, dopamine has that effect of like making you feel good and that being a big reason why you're happy and et cetera, et cetera. But I didn't know it actually has an effect on your focus as well. Mm. That like, I think one of the common beliefs right now in like that scientific field is that people with ADHD tend to have low levels of dopamine in key areas of their brain, mm -hmm. which is why, which is what affects them in terms of their focus, mm. that by doing things to increase their dopamine, which is why you see like kids who have like hyperactivity, if you mm -hmm. give them sugar, rather than them becoming more hyper, it tends to help them focus more because they're filling the dopamine gap that they're not getting naturally, okay. which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so overall, I think it's just a really interesting um, podcast episode. I'm definitely planning to finish it after this talk. And just like, yeah, mm. just trying to learn how I can also improve my focus sometimes. Because sometimes I feel like, yeah, it's really bad how, I struggle mm -hmm. <laughs> to really stay focused on a task. But I think our phones definitely have a very big part to do with that. Like even the TED talk I was talking about earlier, he was talking about that, how, yeah, because we're always in our phones. Like just basically, yeah, it, it has a big part. So I'm definitely trying to use my phone less and give myself more time to just think and not mm -hmm. crave distraction by scrolling through social media for no reason. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't know how you feel about that. Like, what's your take? Um... Oh yeah, no, it's interesting. Uh, I think I watched a, a doc not too long ago. I can't remember what it was called, but it was on Netflix, and it was about mm. how uh, it was kind of about attention, but not really. Well, I think mm. it was, but not really. I can't really remember too tough. Uh, but it was more talking about what I remember it talking more about was uh, about um, you know the drugs that they give uh, people with ADHD to like focus. Adderall. Yeah, Adderall um, and some other ones. I think. I think. But, yeah. I can't remember it. But yeah, Adderall is the main one. And obviously you hear it in rap, in rap music videos and stuff. Uh, but yeah, people actually take it, especially like students, mm -hmm. uh, to help them study. Uh, it's, 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 it's called the, like, the study drug. So it's actually people, 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 yeah, even, even aside from people who are studying, also people who work on the corporate side as well can take it. Different kinds of people take it just to, you know, get work done. So it's quite interesting how, the dog goes into how it helps, you know, them focus and increase their focus, etc. But yeah, no, it's interesting. It's interesting. I haven't looked too much into um, the scientific side of uh, attention and stuff, but yeah, it's not something. It's not something I've noticed per se. I've definitely, obviously, you lose focus, like you were saying with your cousin, when you're having conversations and you just drift drift away for a bit, a minute. You come back and then you you kind of forget what you were even talking about. Yeah. yeah, I think that's that kind of happens. And also, I, do, I don't, I don't completely agree with the fact that you know. Okay, I say, okay, yeah, phones is the new, you know, big thing that's distracting everyone. But mm. like, I think I saw something like a um, a picture, and it was like um, before before phones, people had newspapers or something, or something like that. Mm. You know, mm. so like, I think there's always <laughs> we're always seeking something to distract us because no one wants to be, you know, hundred percent. In, in reality kind of thing yeah nice. So, so yeah i think yeah phones is easy to blame now but yeah like i, I always say this right i always feel like a superman when i have my phone okay because, why do you say that because as long as i have data bro i have <laughs> so much information available in but then but i hear that but then isn't that information overload as well because like i hear mm. you that i mm. I'm a, I also agree with you that we also mm. just can't blame phones and it's because of mm -hmm. phones da, da, da. but i do believe that there also is an argument for balancing it. So mm -hmm. not always being on your phone and how we don't know that we don't really know the effects long term mm -hmm. of us using our phone so much and what, what that's going to mean for us later in life in terms mm -hmm. of our memory in general or our attention in general. So I feel like because of that, you kind of want to balance it now before 
Like, so like okay. we get to 60 and then they're like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. by the way, using your phone this amount of times per day means that mm-hmm. you're gonna I'm um, t- twice as likely to suffer from this disorder. Mm-hmm. Like, so like you know, like all these things pop mm-hmm. out later on in life that you wanna okay. I, know, I think it's just important to balance it now before it becomes a bigger issue later on. So when you say um not using our phones, what do you mean? I just mean not as much. So something I'm trying to do now mm-hmm. is I'm going to the bathroom, I'm going to shower, just leave my phone in my room and just mm-hmm. use that time to actually just think and like think about my thoughts and my future and my mm-hmm. life. And rather than just, I'm constantly always just on Twitter, <laughs> like as I'm walking around my house, like mm-hmm. I'm always on something, like it's just actually just giving myself time to breathe and just like, like take in, like be more aware of my actual like vicinity and mm-hmm. my actual life rather than just reading things about people like thousands of miles away mm-hmm. kind of thing that has nothing to do with me. So I think I that personally feel like for me, that's important for me to get that balance. Fair enough. I, I would say that's what you should be doing to begin with. Yeah, mm-hmm. just because, yeah, like I don't know how extensive it might have been a problem for you or mm-hmm. other people, but yeah, I definitely don't believe in constantly being on your phone constantly, right? I, like <laughs> yeah. that, that's why I just wanted to like, I wanted to like, I wanted you to clarify because I didn't understand what you meant. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, like if I'm at home, I'm gonna use my phone, but probably a lot less than mm-hmm. if I was outside. When I'm outside, I'll probably use my phone all the time. But when I'm at home, probably a lot less. It's not to say I don't use my phone. I definitely use my phone, but um, yeah, I try not try. It just mm-hmm. I'll probably be doing something else. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So just because of that, I'll probably use my phone a lot less. But um, but yeah, like. Yeah, man, I don't think I don't think phones are to blame, man. I don't think phones are the enemy. <laughs> nah, fair <laughs> enough. Man. Again, people. I'm not saying it's the enemy either, but I just yeah, think okay. it's important for people to just be conscious of that. Yeah, and just, I, if if you are overdoing it, to, mm. yeah, take some time away from your phone. Like it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's I mean, I'd yeah. I'll, I'll say I'll say yeah. I think with with a lot of things, that's why that's why uh, reading books and stuff is nice, or doing something else, or walking in nature is nice. I mm. think you have to for you to actually detach yourself away from this information overload as you said mm. i think it has to be intention it's mm, not i agree just about dropping your phone or, or something like that why i say that is because you got the tv there you got your computer mm. there you know you got so many different devices you know what i'm saying so like yeah like it's crazy like i remember i think i, I told you this story right where um uh when when colby died mm. right I remember like i literally i i was i was in the toilet I got out of the toilet. This is how this how information travels. Right? I was in I was in the toilet. I got out of the toilet. Right. I made my my way to uh to my balcony. Mm. I I wasn't using my phone within this period. Right. Mm. But I heard while I was walking to the balcony, I heard my phone pinging, ping, 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 literally pinging. Mm. But I ignored it. Then I went. I made my way to to the uh to the balcony. Was chilling in the balcony, just looking out. And then I hear, and then I see my friend coming, and then my friend tells me the news. <laughs> so within less than like the same time frame that I would have used if I had my phone, I still found out that information. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's more. So that's why I say you're gonna find it everywhere. You mm-hmm. understand? So it's more of an intentional decision to like say, okay, I'm gonna detach and go, mm-hmm. you know, God knows where to to just separate myself from all of the drama. No, I heard that. You know what I think is important as well, man. I also think sometimes too, like we're saying in terms of like the. Like the podcast I mentioned, I'm um, Hubman Lab podcast, great podcast, definitely interesting. Definitely recommend people check it out. You might find something or see a topic that understand you're interested in learning more about. But I also, I also think it's important too, to also leave space for dumb content or things that just make you laugh. 
understand just like things that don't like your brain doesn't need to be hyper focused and you have to be trying to remember what they were saying and you're trying to learn it's just you can just laugh ha ha you move on like what i bring that up is like my joke moment for this week i don't know if you saw this clip but obviously you know um the guys are um, fresh and fit podcasts mm-hmm. i think we've spoken about them a little bit before like for people that don't know their podcasts they speak about a lot of like I guess red pill content. I don't know if people might not even know what that means, but it's just, I don't know how to even describe what that is. It's just kind of like guys who, I don't know, bro. How would you describe it? <laughs> Help me out here. Um, guys that just discuss uh, toxic masculinity. <laughs> that's it. I'm, yeah, I think that's the way to, <laughs> way, a way to kind of put it. Yeah, <laughs> I heard that. So obviously, I think what makes these kind of guys so difficult and so mundane is that not everything they say is complete nonsense. Like they do say some things that they might, they'll, they'll say some things that, you know, most people can be like, or most men can be like, oh, you know what? I agree. From what I've seen in my life, that is nonsense. I, I've, I've also seen that as well as so I can agree with that. But then they'll still surround that with so much nonsense that it's like, it makes you question everything they say. I was like, you're just an idiot. Like, <laughs> the, the clip that made me laugh this week is when the main guy um, fit on the podcast, he's the one who carries it. The other guy doesn't, yeah. He's just there, but um, he must have said that made a comment like, I mean, he went on another podcast and they were talking, and he said something like, Oh, yeah, women in relationships can't have social media, but men can. And then he tries to, I mean, that's that's his general way, like, he'll say it like an outlandish statement and then go off and like rambling to justify why he believes that. And it was just so much, can I also just try and rubbish? And it was just funny because normally the people he speaks to are like women that aren't very intelligent or guys that just agree with them aren't very intelligent either. But the podcast they went on, you can tell that the woman is clued on. So she's like asking him questions and he's trying to like, like, you know when someone's like asking you proper questions and like mm. your answers, you're trying to like deflect, your answers aren't making sense. Mm. Like, so it was just funny seeing them in that environment when it's not the actual podcast where they can control the narrative and choose who comes on and mm. choose, like bully people if they don't like the question they were asked mm. kind of thing. So it was just an interesting clip. I'm sure a lot of people have seen it. I don't know if you have but it's the funniest thing because a guy basically one of the guys on the I think one of the guys on the podcast he go on to like mm. goes off on them mm. like I think the main guy keeps telling him to the oh yeah hold on let me finish my point and he loses his mind like he's like you keep saying to finish your point and you're not saying anything <laughs> like mm. you're just rambling <laughs> you keep saying the same thing over and over and it's so funny so yeah that's my that was my joke moment I'll say it to you after it's so oh, funny yeah, fair enough. let me see it so yeah I think it's definitely important to balance both types of content you, like spending your time watching things that help your life and you learn from and things that you can just sit back and laugh. So. No, it's true. <laughs> I agree. Well, this is the end of the episode. So if you like this episode and you listen to the end, please uh, follow our socials at Ace and Joker, A-C-E-J-O-E-K-E-R on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. If you're still here, thank you.